1: It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night. About it. a real C's fan wouldn't wanna live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell the other guys are going plan a vacation. Plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, packet and J. King locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear. Well-respected in a city, like Russell's career. It's Rain and J. Millie.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. We are the Rain and Jays. John Corrales, that's me. I work for MassLive.com. Jay King, the kid, on his way to a men's league game. He works for the
1: championship Democratic game, no big deal,
0: championship game, NDD. Uh, now, you and I had similar experiences recently playing basketball in that we both declared ourselves completely washed. Have you yep. found a groove? Are you ready to make a championship contribution to tonight's game?
1: Uh, I hit a few threes last game, huh. So, so that was nice. But I'm still trash. I'm utter trash right now. I actually have a a knee appointment coming up that I'm hoping will alert me that there's something very wrong and that I need surgery, because if there's not something wrong and I don't don't need surgery, then the alternative is that I'm just old.
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: So I'm hoping for surgery.
0: (laughs) That is such an athlete's mentality. And I totally understand it. I completely 100% agree with you. Most people will be like, I do not want to get cut open. But if you have a problem and they can like cut it open and fix it, I'm like,
1: yeah, do it. And I don't even care if it's fixed. Like Just just make it a little better so I can like do some of the things I used to be able to do.
0: Yeah. Here's a little newsflash, though, as sort of kind of you from the future. No, it's not going to happen, Jay. It's all slowly <laughs> eroding. It's all going to go away. No matter how hard you try. It's okay.
1: It's okay. I just need surgery, man. That's it. Just give me surgery. (laughs)
0: Just just give me something. Let me recapture that youth one last time. One more taste. Yeah, that's it. Oh, boy. All right, we got a lot to talk about in this thing. Uh, All-star voting is in. Danny Ainge was on the radio making a bunch of comments, including a shot at LeBron, which is really interesting, talking about the trade deadline, which may not be very interesting, but first, let us begin with J. King's thoughts on the win over Minnesota. Big win. Depth was in full display. Happens to be something that J. King wrote about on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, go ahead. Take the money you would have paid me when I was doing my Patreon. Throw it Jay's way at The Athletic. Support him.
1: Ahead, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I just thought, like, Gordon Hayward was so good. And Terry Rozier filling in for Kyrie Irving was very good, made his first five shots. And it was just a reminder, like, oh, yeah, this Celtics team was supposed to be super deep and just, like, run people off the floor with their second unit. And some things have changed, like Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris have gone to the starting lineup. But one thing's been pretty consistent is that the Celtics have not been able to score without Kyrie Irving on the court. Now, they've gotten a little better lately scoring without him and much better scoring with him. Their offense has climbed to the top ten, but it's still like some of the numbers are pretty jarring. Like when Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward should be a very good bench unit. Like that should be a three-man group that can charge runs, that can defend, that can do a lot of things. And they just haven't scored a lot. And so every reminder that those guys have a lot of talent is like, oh yeah, like maybe this bench will round into form. And if it does then the Celtics are going to be really dangerous because Kyrie has taken his game to another level. Marcus Morris has taken his game to another level. Marcus Smart has taken his game to another level. And if they can actually get the benefit of that depth that everyone kind of anticipated coming into the season, then then this team, I think, could be poised to make a run.
0: You wonder, though, if that depth... I mean, part of why that depth hasn't worked, there's, there's multiple reasons. First, Gordon Hayward is not the Gordon Hayward, like theoretically Gordon Hayward is yep. going to be great. And if he stays in this bench role for the end of the season, wherever that season ends, then that eventually will, who's going to be like Brad and, and Gordon mimicked it in the, in the press conference after the game last night, they, they like to say the Gordon Hayward of April and May is going to be better than the Gordon Hayward of December and January and blah, blah, blah. But it's true. So, that's part of the reason why the depth hasn't worked is that Gordon Hayward is inconsistent. He said he said last night his ankle hurts still. He's still rehabbing. He's still doing that stuff. It's a long, long process. So that's part one. Part two, Terry Rozier is just so blatantly more uh, suited to be a starter than off a bench. He just The bench role is... Goes, he? Okay, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me rephrase that. Terry Rozier so clearly performs better as a starter than he does, does on he? The
1: bench. He He does. No. Last year, as a starter, 50.3 true shooting percentage. Off the bench, 52.7. Tiny sample size so far this year. Yes, he's played great in three games as a starter. And yes, his playoff run was, was pretty good. But even then, he was 53.8 true shooting percentage. I think it's more like opportunities. He's playing the same with more opportunities.
0: I, I don't think he's playing exactly the same. And I think the thing with Terry Rozier, last night was doesn't fit exactly what I'm saying, but I think in total it's true that he plays better as the game goes along. Now last night he came out hot and was and we were talking about it last night in the podcast where I think that just him being a starter he feels more comfortable as a starter. I think he plays better as a starter because he's just got more minutes to warm up. He's a streaky shooter and he, with the more minutes he plays better later in games cuz he's had a chance to go through whatever slumps and streaks and whatever. So, I'll stand by it. Yeah, maybe the the numbers show that he shoots basically the same but the more opportunity the better he plays i think when he's out there so I, I i don't think the type of player that he is works quite as well in 20 minutes as it does in 35 minutes because i guess you're kind of saying the same thing the more minutes he gets he more opportunity he has to catch fire that's that's the other thing and um
1: that wasn't what i was saying okay. i was i was saying he's been more efficient for the most part as a reserve even though the starter Terry thing is is cool to talk about, like and this this season the three games have been great. Obviously in the playoffs he played he played well, but overall like the numbers are pretty similar. Just, usage rate just goes up when he's a starter, and that's because Kyrie's not there. So I, I'm just not convinced that he plays any better. I just think he people see him doing more. And, and to me the the best part of his last two games. One off the bench and then the second as a starter is he's been patient. He's been passing the ball well. He's, he's made some good reads. That to me is, is what he needs to do. Whether he's off the bench in the starting lineup and he's done it in both roles the last two games, that's the next step for him and, and being patient and recognizing his opportunities and opportunities for other guys. And I think he's been playing better of late like that. So, I don't, I I don't mean to like take the the complete other side because I do think there is something to the fact that letting him ease into that role and not have to feel like he's forcing things may help him read the game better and spot his opportunities. Um, but the stats don't necessarily show that.
0: So, I'm glad that you had a lot to say there because he gave me the opportunity to go to his basketball reference page and pull up his career splits as a starter and as a reserve. His career splits as a starter true shooting percent is 52.9. His as a reserve, which is a much larger sample size, 48.3. So his. True but that's
1: shooter- because that's because his starting most of his starts came when he got a lot better in his third and fourth season like uh, that that to me isn't right. If you go if you look at the last two seasons, this year's a tiny sample size of 3 games as a starter. Last year his true shooting percentage was was better off the bench.
0: Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I mean it, I've it's, got a rebuttal, John. That's fine. A rebuttal. I like this. rebuttal. Uh I'm looking I just look at the career numbers. And you're right, there's there's improvement as the years go on, but I think it's still I look at it, I look at these numbers, I look at him producing the the points. Obviously he's playing more minutes per game, so he's got an opportunity. He's playing almost twice as many minutes, so he's got an opportunity to score more points. I think I think I see a difference, but whatever. So, I still think that the role suits him, it doesn't suit him as well. So, we can say what we want to say. I just don't think he likes being off the bench.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that, I think that's pretty sure he wants to be a starter. He thinks he deserves to be a starter, and he had the playoff run of a starter for a team that almost made the NBA Finals. So, so
0: going going. Kind I get it. back yeah. to my point is that it's not a role that he likes, and whether we can parse different numbers to, to make our points, the, the and, role is not necessarily something. My original point was that that's not a role that he particularly likes, and I don't think he thrives in that role.
1: And I think, I think to, to bring this to another point, sorry for cutting you off, but the perception that Terry has played so much better as a starter is part of the reason why him going back to the bench is so difficult, because the opportunities aren't there, the touches aren't there, the shots aren't always there, so the counting numbers aren't there. And so when people judge you by, like, do you have 16, 5, and 5 like you average in the playoffs, no, he's not going to do that coming off the bench. And so that's been really tough, I think, for especially a lot of the young guys who are still trying to accomplish a lot in their careers and rightfully believe that they have huge futures. Like That's a tough thing when not just you're seeing it and being like, OK, I, I didn't get a lot of touches today. I, I don't have nearly as many opportunities as I did during the playoffs where I was playing 36 minutes a game and handling the ball a lot. But it's also the outside People are looking in, and even if Terry Rosier isn't much different as a player, and he hasn't always played great this season, he'd be the first one to admit that. But even if he's not, the counting numbers just aren't going to be there. The perception that he's, whether he's playing well or not, is going to be different. So, so that's been really tough for these young guys, and that's part of the reason why the depth hasn't been as, as advertised this season.
0: Here's, here's part of why I think we have such, these different, such different views on this and and the stats can be confusing. I think it's because of the type of player that Terry Rozier is. I think he needs the time. I think he needs this 30 to 35 minutes to have enough time to go through those stretches. The one thing I think we can all agree on is that Terry Rozier is streaky, that he's not the most efficient guy. And, he'll he'll have bad stretches and then have great stretches and part of going to the bench is that he doesn't have enough time in some games to find his groove to hit the three shots in a row like he did in San Antonio when he was trying when he stopped the run and he came down and drilled three 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 like that happened at the end of his time there and and that's just my point is, when he's not getting 35 minutes, he does, he misses out on opportunities like that too often. So he has games where he just doesn't look like he's done very well. And Then he has some games where he does look like he does very well. Anyway, getting a little off the rails with Terry Rozier talk. The other guy that, that the depth issue is uh, with is Jalen Brown, who is starting to come around, who is starting to play a lot better, but also struggling with his role. Struggling with his role on this team in general as a starter, as a reserve, as a third-year guy. I think it's understandable for a young guy who thinks he's really, really good, who can be really, really good, who is a good basketball player, to struggle alongside a bunch of other really good basketball players. I think part of Jalen Brown finding his way in the league as a player, on top of the injuries that he's been dealing with, I think that fuels some of the inconsistency where the theoretical Jalen Brown, who can produce at a very high level, has problems sometimes. And we talk about the getting in his own head and all that stuff, but young players with a lot of talent sometimes struggle finding their way to find out exactly who they are and who they're going to be as a player. So I think that plays into a role into why the depth hasn't really materialized the way we thought.
1: Yeah. And and Jalen, it's, it's weird because he's dug himself such a big hole by playing poorly in the first month and a half or whatever of the season That he's actually played okay for a while, and nobody has really given him much credit for that. Right. Like, December, he shot 49.2% from the field, 34.1% from the three-point arc. Like, those are fine numbers. Mm -hmm. If you get those numbers from Jalen Brown, that's perfectly fine, especially he's coming off the bench now. He's not in a huge role. He's going to give you energy. Like, those are good numbers, man. And he just hasn't received the credit for it because... His numbers on a whole still aren't great. and But I, I think he's actually come around. And I, I think the hand injury has been difficult to deal with. I think the, the shifting role has been tough to deal with. But but he's played better and better and, and kind of realized when to pick a spots. So and one thing, he's gotten into trouble sometimes with trying to pass in places that aren't there. But his abilities as a passer and his abilities in the pick and roll, he didn't have a great game, I thought, against Minnesota but he scored a couple times with pick and roll. He's, he's showing things that he didn't show last year. And so Jalen, to me, his, his last month plus has been pretty promising to me, especially when you factor in, you know, the, the hand injury and all that.
0: Yeah. So when we talk about the depth and and it shining through against Minnesota, when, look, when Kyrie goes down, guys step up, and it's great to see guys step up. Are you confident – in this progressing, like, do you think Jalen Brown, like the December that he just had, like you mentioned, where his true shooting from December from November jumped 11 percent, 11 percent true shooting increase from November.
1: And now and he's been at 63.5 through however many games we've played in January, two, three, one, one, one,
0: <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> so uh, and. His, his free throw percentage up to 70%, which is, he struggled with. So that 70% is kind of acceptable. So he's on the upswing. So is that, do you feel a trend? And with Gordon Hayward, we're, we're trending upwards. Is ter- Terry Rozier slowly maybe going to underst I don't know, whatever we need Terry Rozier to be. Like the depth is supposed to be the Celtics big strength. Moving yeah. forward, January, February, March, April, these guys are, are. we looking at this depth finally, finally
1: rounding into shape? I th- I think so. And Kyrie said something that that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And it it wasn't really like a shocker to me. It wasn't anything like world changing or anything. But he said the first seventy games they're kind of like practice, and then guys realize like they throw everything out, and it's just all about the team. And I don't know whether it's going to last seventy games with the Celtics, but I think guys had these huge expectations coming in and huge expectations for themselves, huge expectations from outside. Jalen Brown on Media Day talked about how many of his weaknesses he fixed and how he wanted to show all of that yeah and it, and then he came out and it's like, okay not only can I not show that I've fixed these weaknesses, but the strengths I've had those are tougher to show too because I've have so many good players around me. And so it's, it's been a, a culture shock, I think, for a lot of these guys and, and just it, finding out what's, what's a good game and what's not, it, it, it's, it's been different for them to kind of see what, how they can succeed and, and in what types of ways they need to succeed for this team. And I, I think guys are starting to grasp that. And I think, especially with Hayward, like that's just, his body not hasn't been right. And he's getting better and better. He said his lateral movements pretty close to normal by now. And I think we've talked about that a lot on the podcast. It seems like it. Like he, his defense has been there. His, but it's just the, the last step is, is kind of attacking the rim more and, and drawing more contact and jumping (laughs) a little higher. (laughs) Just (laughs) jumping. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's the last step for him but the other pieces are starting to come together he's he's moving better and better and uh, you know as as the season goes on it hasn't always been like like a straight line up you know it's it's been like he'll, he'll have progress and then he'll dip a little bit and then he'll have progress and progress and i think i think his season 2 has kind of come as a surprise because there was no indication that he was going to struggle as badly as he did with his athleticism, and until he came out in preseason, it was like, "Oh, okay, this guy has a long way to go." Like during the off season, there was never talk like this guy is is going to need a whole lot of time to round back into form, but he has, right? And 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 his his doing that is huge because you know the Celtics need that that other playmaker behind Kyrie and other than smart, who's, who's done a lot of playmaking and who's somehow sur- survived that hit to his shoulder and came back to play in the same <laughs> game. What a lunatic. Uh, but, but Hay- Hayward, Hayward is very important to, to the team and Hayward being right is very important to the team, especially going into the playoffs when they'll be playing Kawhi and Giannis and Ben Simmons and whoever else like the East is just, loaded with big physical wings, and Celtics will need Gordon Hayward to be able to handle those guys defensively and also make play. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm just going to keep reminding, because I feel like uh, I'm, I'm on this kick right now, the second surgery. It's the second surgery that did him in, and that, that took away so much of his offseason that turned the beginning of this NBA season into what he wanted to do over the summer. And and we just, people haven't taken that into enough account it, I think it was just the biggest, a bigger setback than, than anybody really cared to consider. And and now here we are. So I think Hayward, moving forward, is going to find his way. We've been talking for like 20 minutes. we got to take a break with all of this stuff. Really good stuff there. Go read Jay's piece on The Athletic. The headline, missing their best player. Celtics show that their depth can shine without him. Go subscribe to The Athletic and support Jay King. Do that when we come back we're going to talk about Danny Ainge on the radio and talking about the trade deadline and then later on more on him discussing LeBron we'll be right back here on the Locked On Celtics podcast
2: NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the Locked On podcast network
0: Danny Ainge did his weekly radio appearance on Toucher and Rich on 98.5, the sports hub here in Boston. For those of you who don't know, if you're not living in Boston, one of our two sports talk radio stations. And on this, he was asked a number of things, but we're going to touch on the trade deadline. We often get questions about depth in the Celtics, uh, the uh, making a trade and all of that. Today he said on the radio, quote, as far as trading, I really... I don't really see much out there. We have a lot of good ones. It's hard to get better players than we have. And I've said on Mass Live in one of my pieces, plugging my own piece, when I was predicting the 10 things we will learn uh, coming up in 2019, I said the the trade deadline is going to be quiet. I don't think the Celtics are going to be active in the trade deadline. And I think it's partly because what Danny said, it's hard to get better players than they have, but mostly it's because – they don't see anybody at the trade deadline that's worth giving up all of this talent. The guy they want is going to be available. They hope over the summer and that's Anthony Davis. And they're not going to give up any pieces in any sort of trade at the deadline that they might need in a potential trade at draft slash summertime when it comes to pursuing Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the most obvious no brainer there is like you hoard these assets so that, you have a chance to get Anthony Davis and he's been in their sites for years. He's been in a lot of team sites for years and it would be so dumb <laughs> to then go ahead and, and use some of those assets that new Orleans might want over the summer. If they do need to trade him. it would be so dumb. And there's just not that type of talent out there right now. What they need on this team, the Celtics to improve is a top end top shelf talent. And Anthony Davis is at, and they're not going to sacrifice whatever chances they have of getting him to find someone who can like draw fouls off the bench or have someone who can improve their shooting or big man depth or whatever the case may be. It's just not going to happen. There's no point. Save it all for Anthony Davis. Make a run at him this summer. That's where all the indicators are pointing. And uh, I mean, if you do see the Celtics make a trade, I suspect it would be a very, very minor one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I for example, I just got 10 minutes ago, a tweet from at 86, who asked simple question with Baines out and the front court lacking depth. Do you see the Celtics acquiring front court depth? He might be too expensive versus the value you'd have to give up, but Robin Lopez would be a nice addition. So we get a lot of questions like that. It's a fair enough question. You want to address the depth. First of all, the most obvious problem is the Celtics don't have a roster spot. Jabari Bird continues to occupy a roster spot, and that's going to just be something that plays out with the league. It's kind of in the league's hands right now, and the Celtics are going to leave it there. So that's the first obvious problem. But secondly, like we've been talking about, they're, they're just going to roll with this until Aaron Baines comes back. And he's probably, I think, a couple of weeks away or so. Uh, just thinking about it, That's about four or five weeks since the injury. So that's about the time frame for a broken bone to heal. So he'll be back soon. Uh, unfortunately for the Celtics, they play a lot of games in the, in the next couple of weeks. There's just one after another after another. They're just going to roll with it. And uh, Robert Williams was upgraded to questionable, so... Hopefully he's healthy. That's going to be some added depth. They're, they're just going to go with it and, and just don't expect a trade. I think we we're, we're just have to set the expectation. Do not expect a trade at the trade deadline. The most that they I can see maybe, maybe, is, is trying to get. If, if somebody comes along and says gives them something for Terry Rozier, I don't, I don't know. I don't even see that, that happening. So I'm just going to say it's, it's just forget it. Uh, that will uh, do that for that discussion. I don't know unless you have anything else to add. I think that. I am you. not
1: bored. I just agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Follow Jay on Twitter at boredjking. <laughs> uh.
1: uh.
0: So that's that's Danny Ainge talking about that. Uh, before we get to that, let's let's just quickly because we'll talk about LeBron stuff after the break. We'll save that for after the break. First, I want to just touch on the uh, all-star voting. So Kyrie Irving leads all guards in all-star voting. The first returns are always weird, but Kyrie Irving leads all guards. He is third in overall voting. LeBron's first. Giannis is second. And Kyrie is third. The closest guard to him is Steph Curry. uh, About 100,000 votes.
1: I have one question to ask. Yeah. Why are people voting for Derek Rose? <laughs> <laughs> Derek Rose is having a decent season, man. He's second in guards in the Western Conference
0: ahead yeah, no, of James not, Harden. That's that's an aberration. That that's people
1: Go Derek, back to your shanties, people.
0: Derek Rose has like an army of stands just swearing that he's been good this whole
1: time. What if they've been dormant for eight years? Like who are these? Who are these Derek Rose stands, man?
0: If you went out there and just started Derek Rose slander on your Twitter, eventually—I don't know right away—but eventually, people like name search him. You will get exposed, and people will come at your neck for for slandering Derek Rose. Even though you'll be hundred percent right, but people out there love Derek Rose, unless it's a bunch of Tom Thibodeau. Burner accounts like he he loves Derrick Rose as much as anybody. I don't know, but Rose is having a decent season. But
1: yeah, he's playing pretty well. But he's not better think,
0: than Harden, Westbrook, Thompson, Lillard, DeRozan.
1: Yeah, well, let's let's chill out. Although Westbrook Westbrook is shooting like trash this year.
0: Um. Yeah, but he's he's people. He's just going to get votes. People love Russell Westbrook. And this is this is like fan voting. This is. Westbrook can do no wrong. Like people love watching him. All of these guys who
1: are popular. Yeah, Kyrie will forever be near the top Dude, of fan voting. Dwayne Wade is second in the East. Oh, okay, so so here here's the thing. I, are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the Lifetime Achievement Award because, and I, I know my thoughts about All Star Game fan voting are way way all over the line, all across the board. Um, but like Dwayne Wade. He's a Hall of Famer. He's sure if, if fans want to see him one last time in the all-star game, like it is a totally meaningless game. It, it would be a lot cooler, a lot more entertaining to see Dwayne Wade out there getting the adoration and maybe giving us, you know, one final moment in the all-star game. than it would be to see like, I don't know, whoever the 12th best player in the East would be. I don't even know who it would be. I,
0: look, it, I get it. If if that ends up being the case then he I think he should just step aside. Go ahead, vote him in and then he should be like, "Oh, my ankle. I'm not playing." Go to the All-Star game, get the adoration, get introduced, but sit there in in street clothes cuz he's he's just done. He's trash at this point. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's, let's, let's it's, it is what it is, man. When you get to that end, when you get to the end of the career, he, it's just like us talking at the beginning of the podcast how trash we are. That's what happens when you get old. You turn into basketball trash. I am basketball trash compared to whatever I was before. This is Dwayne Wade's
1: version of basketball trash. He's just okay. not good. And, and here's my thing. <laughs> Vince, Carter, Vince Carter is also getting a lot of votes. I'm out on Vince Carter. I'm out on that. I don't think he crossed the line to where he was good enough to to deserve that you know what i mean like like to me there's a line if you're a first ballot hall of fame and shit vince might be um but i don't, like way to me was on another level from vince carter and even though vince carter has been done some incredible things and obviously it's a joke he's still playing like absolute joke that he's still playing and still contributing in the nba at whatever his age is like 57 or whatever but the <laughs> like to to me, I'm I'm cool with Dwayne Wade, not so cool with Vince Carter. Like Dude, I'd be cool are, with this. Is I'd like be cool with
0: Dirk. Turns, man.
1: This I'd is, be cool. I'd be cool with Dirk Nowitzki, not with Vince Carter. This
0: is like a NASA G-force test.
1: Like yeah, I'm just, all over the place. You
0: are way all over the place. I, I'm about to pass out from the the sheer variance in your takes. It's yeah. Uh, oh my god.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I didn't expect the all-star conversation to be this crazy. You are spitting hot it, fire, my friend.
1: Yeah, and there's no basis for any no, of this. It's, just, it's just how I feel.
0: It's just I like this guy. I was never a big Vince Carter fan, but I feel like Vince Carter has kind of turned the corner, and it's like – you can only go around the world so far before you start actually coming back. I think Dwayne, I think uh, Vince Carter. As much as I didn't like him earlier in his career, now it's like, oh man, I, I kind of like him now. Like he's he's crossed over to the other side. I think now because he's old, and I'm jealous of somebody who's in his 40s still being able to whip off 360 dunks. I mean, that's basically what it comes to. But I think he's accepted like this role, where and I think by contrast, really. By, by contrast, that, that a guy like Carmelo Anthony, who's not even playing anywhere, who could have become sort of a Vince Carter, he could have evolved his game if he wasn't so damn arrogant that he could have just faded a little bit. Like, just accept a different role, man. Just slowly accept your basketball mortality and just roll with it. Just roll with it. And Vince Carter rolled with it, and he's he's still rolling, man. It, I, I'm, all, I'm in on Vince Carter.
1: I... Yeah, I'm I'm also a Vince Carter guy. And not at all bored, damn
0: it. <laughs> I am bored with this conversation. So I'm going to move on. We're going to take a break. Back with what Danny Ainge said about LeBron on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Back to Danny Ainge on the radio, on Touch and Rich, addressing LeBron James. So LeBron James called himself the greatest of all time, if I hadn't heard this already. Some ESPN video, he said that when they beat the 73-win Warriors, he became the greatest of all time. Fine, whatever. If you agree, you agree. If you don't, you don't, and nothing's going to change your mind. I'm so- not even getting into that debate. I don't want to talk about it. I don't
1: care. The only thing here... Is- I-, I don't even know if he actually said that. Okay, he... he- this is this is my weird take of the night and I've had some weird ones already. really this is the weird one this is the weird one um I think he was saying what he thought at the time like like in the moment he was like okay now this this win makes me the greatest of all time I, I don't even know if, if he was saying like overall he believes that or if just in the moment that was his thought and I obviously he probably, he, says, he, he probably believes he probably believes he's the greatest gr- of
0: all time yeah of
1: course but that—that that was his thought in the moment. He was talking about like his thought when he, right when he won. And I—I I don't know. To, I feel like to me, he it. He still was, thinks that. Which is like,
0: fine. That part is fine. Like, I—I I feel like. I he, sh-
1: he, he should said. think he's the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan should think he's the greatest of, of all time. Of Kareem should probably think he's the greatest of all time. Bill Russell will f- clobber you over the head with eleven rings and think <laughs> he's the greatest of all time. Right. Like all these guys probably think they're the greatest of all time.
0: Bill Russell had the awesome moment at, was it the ESPYs or something, where he pointed at all the centers who were lined up on stage, Shaq, Dikembe, Alonzo, all those guys, and he pointed at them and goes, I will kick your ass. Like, that was an awesome moment. And he yes. truly believes, like, he, of course, of course these guys should believe they're the best. Every player out there believes that they're the best. That, that's that's just how it is. You have an ego,
1: and that's what drives you. Great, fine. Going out and saying that you're the best like that is just... By, by the way, my take about those comments, even when I was saying it, I was like, this sounds so dumb. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Jay, you're you're on one tonight, my man. I feel like you can go drop 25 in this game the way you're going right now.
1: You're just, I need you to. Championship. You got clutch gene.
0: So here's the point. The whole point of all of this is that Danny Ainge basically said it's not cool to call yourself the greatest. You can't go around calling yourself the greatest. He said on the radio, quote, His career is not over. Why is he saying that? I don't know. Maybe he thinks that that sells. Maybe he's taking the Donald Trump approach and trying to sell himself. I don't know. Leave the politics aside. Let's just say that LeBron does not like Donald Trump and Danny Ainge being the instigator that he is by putting Donald Trump's name in the same sentence as LeBron is really, really taking a serious shot at LeBron. And I I don't know that he just kind of said that off the cuff. That's probably the worst comparison. LeBron could probably hear about himself. So
1: yeah, that's not not one that's going to make LeBron happy. That's not going to sit well with him. It it was, but age was just trying to make like a, a funny, like joking comment. It wasn't like he was sitting there dead serious, like comparing Donald Trump to LeBron James. Um, No,
0: no. But,
1: and then he went on to say like, that LeBron has an argument to be the greatest of all time and is better than Larry Bird and all the, all this great praise for him. But, but I, I too, watching the video, I was like, why, what purpose do you get from saying you think you're the greatest of all time? Like, what does that do for you? And, and I know that his whole new documentary lifestyle, like, How many freaking shows is that guy in? Um, (laughs) It is all about giving you a new window. And and for the most part, I think it's really cool. And and honestly, I, I think it's it's pretty neat to hear him say that like that in that moment, he thought, okay, I just did something no one else has ever done. I knocked off a 73 win team. There's nothing you can say about me now. I believe I'm the greatest of all time. Like, that's that's an inside window you don't get a lot. And I think that's that's entertaining. At the same time, it's like, why, man? Like, why? <laughs> why? Wow. But he just doesn't care. I, I honestly think LeBron has gotten to the point in his life where he doesn't care what people think of him. And I think that came six years ago, probably after the Dallas loss, when he started to learn, like, okay, I'm the man. I can do whatever I want and d- be however I want to be. And and no, there's nothing nobody anybody can say about me, and so I think that's that's kind of the evolution of this is LeBron just doesn't give a damn because he's done so much and he's so great that people like Danny Ainge and anybody else don't don't really matter to him like he's, he's gonna brush it off. Um,
0: here's here's the other the other side to this. We just talked about Danny Ainge wanting to go get Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is now represented by Clutch Sports. And Rich Paul, who is LeBron's like best friend, and so not that Anthony Davis is going to let this get involved, but you still have this thing where you've probably pissed off LeBron James, which means he's going to bitch about it to, to Rich Paul, which means when Danny Ainge goes to talk to Rich Paul, Rich Paul is going to be like, uh, "Screw you, buddy!" Like, not exactly <laughs> forthright. Like, there's there's a the thought process that's like.
1: Eh, nothing Do you really say. think this is something that's gonna piss off LeBron? Like D- Danny Ainge being like, oh, "Yeah, he does have an argument of being the greatest of all time." I just don't know why he's saying it. That,
0: only because that f- it's only because he said Trump. That's the and only
1: o- thing. That's the only yeah. Thing. yeah I, I bet Danny probably wishes he, he could have that one back. Like just just like the
0: LeBron has gone that, at Trump that,
1: multiple that multiple brief times. line. Like yeah. that
0: that is. I understand everything. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to be a a problem, not even saying that he should or shouldn't have said anything, but LeBron is very vocal about this and to put in Trump is very polarizing. So not taking a political stand myself, but LeBron does not like Donald Trump. Kenny Hange, when you say, is he being like Donald Trump? That's like, say what? Like LeBron, I'm sure is going to be like, um, that, that alone, that line, that's the line. The the sentiment behind it, I don't think he gives a shit. If he had said everything the exact same way without that line, not story. Nobody would say anything. But that makes it like, I'm sure LeBron's, That's good, that I think is just going to stick him a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, first of all, Andy Davis doesn't have control of where he goes. So, but he his does agent, have control can, his agent can be signs. pissed off. Yeah, but... I mean, if, if he comes to a situation and it's a great situation, if if he decides where his next basketball home is because Danny Ainge made a stupid joke <laughs> right while he was on the radio, exactly. that, that's right. the dumbest that's, thing ever. Like this, not is...
0: what I'm suggesting at all.
1: Yeah, so I I, I think the the backlash of, of that talk was was a little over the top for the most part. Like, uh, was it a weird comment from Ainge? Yes. Yeah. Do I? Do I think he wish he had worded it differently? Probably, um, but whatever. It, it's it is. It, it'll hold people's attention for like eight hours and then it'll be done
0: <laughs> until something else comes along. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's nothing, and that's why we waited to the end to talk about it because it's not a big deal. But it's still
1: kind of interesting, and
0: it definitely gets attention. All right, we're we're wrapping this up, so you
1: can go play basketball, Jay. It's time to go get buckets, dog. Jay
0: King. I'm I'm going to light a candle and say a, a few prayers to the basketball gods. Hopefully they can somewhere somehow magically Mr. Miyagi your knee.
1: If we win it won't be because of me, but I'll still have a ring. So. <laughs> a ring. What do they get for the men's league? Like a sweatshirt? Yeah, I I, I think last last time we won we got a long sleeve tee.
0: I got I got a championship hoodie somewhere in my closet from something.
1: <laughs> uh, we might have to we might have to buy ourselves rings though. <laughs> that would probably be the funniest thing ever if we that... walked around with like big old like diamond studded championship <laughs> rings.
0: Go to Justin's, see what they can see what they can whip up for you.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's what we got to do.
0: Oh boy. All right, go do that. We're going to wrap things up here. Uh, For all of you new listeners who haven't subscribed yet, I hope you've enjoyed the show enough. To do so, all the regular subscribers, thanks for being part of this party for so long. Thanks for including us in your Celtics world. We really, really appreciate it. We hope that you like us enough to give us a five-star rating and a good review, and to share the podcast when people ask what they should be listening to. Tell them it's the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah,
1: correct. J. King locked on cell.